This episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real is sponsored by CISO. Comedy is experiencing a serious renaissance right now, and CISO is a comedy streaming service tailor-made for comedy lovers and nerds like us, with thousands of hours of the best comedy 24-7, 365. Go to CISO.com and stream for free today. No credit card needed. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Another great week for us. It's always a great week for us. Let me tell you something. We get a lot of emails, and most of them are good. Some of them are just... They're just tries. We get emails about, could we put people's new records on our website? And meanwhile, that's not the type of website we have. No, we are not a, uh, like, not write or misinfo or rap radar. Or None of those. those. Yeah. None of those. We only post our stuff. If you go to our website, you know who we are. There's pictures of us there. We've gotten emails. We've talked about this. People think that we're The Real, which is the, the syndicated women's TV show. This week, though, we got a complaint. <laughs> and... You know how I know it's a complaint? Because it says so. The subject line says complaint. Here's the message. Are you affiliated with The Real Real? Now, can you explain to the people what The Real Real is? I don't know what The Real Real is. The what? The I, What did I say? The Real Real. Yeah, I don't know what The Real Real is. Well, The Real Real is a consignment shop online. So people can bring stuff that I suppose they bought and then sell it again. So it's like a Salvation Army. Yeah, or it's like illegal scamming. Okay. And they can... But but this is like nice stuff that they want to sell. This is luxury items. Apparently... It's that real real. Apparently... Hit us up and said, I'm having a problem over them saying I owe them $20.90, which I don't owe them anything. This is an exact quote. (laughs) The are emailing and will mess my credit up over this amount. Please help me with two exclamation points. Now, we have email here. How should we respond? Hey, good start. How are you? I like that. I feel like we can help here. Uh-huh. Here's $20 and, and 95 cents. cents. Yeah. Oh, you're giving an extra five cents. Well, you know, mailing. Giving your extra two cents. Yeah. Why? What would you say we do? <laughs> I say we ignore it. Uh, yeah, you're like fucker credit. I'm just curious as to why people go to our website with our dumb mugs posted all over it and right. figure that we are anything that we're not. Well, she's asking if we are affiliated. I guess we could say no. <laughs> that's that's how we should respond. Yeah. No. Sorry about your twenty dollars. Yeah, don't cents. even don't even like apologize for that. Just, just like just no. no. Yeah. You asked. We answered. Here's the facts. No. So we went to Lenny S.'s birthday. Lenny S., as everyone knows, is JC's consigliere. He's Fabulous's manager. He manages DJ Khaled. Lenny S. had a big birthday party at Up and Down on 14th Street here in New York. And we went down there, and Sus One, who is a DJ on Power 105, kept spinning great records and then interrupting them to be like, hey, when he jumps on the microphone, when Lenny S. comes in the building, I want y'all to let me know. Between every record, he was jumping in like, when Lenny S. gets in the building, let me know. I want to shout out Lenny S. for his birthday. Let me know when he's here. Meanwhile, Lenny S. had been there for like a half an hour already. We should have told him, though. Oh, that was our fault. If you're looking for Lenny, he's the one with fire near his face. Lots of sparklers, lots of attention. There's cameras near him. It's I don't his know. birthday. You know who he is. Yeah, he's right there. It's not that big of a space. Right. Two things before we get into this podcast. People were really loving the Cypher Sounds episode that we put up last week. Yes, people love that episode. People loved the Pharrell story. People liked the the Fat Joe stuff. People liked the Rick Ross and the Rihanna stuff. Good to hear from Cypher. 
Go check out No Small Talk, which is on title right now. And we wanted to give a big shout out to Lior Cohen and his entire family. Lior is out of the hospital now, as seen on his snaps. Yes, now he is back in the West Village where he can sit and he can espouse on everything young thug. This week on the podcast, we have our friend and fellow podcaster, Adam Grandmason. All the way from Los Angeles, came to New York, had a bunch of media to do. He stopped by our place and it was a really, honestly, enlightening and interesting conversation with a guy who has... A crazy past. Yeah. So, but now he's doing an excellent podcast called No Jumper, which we guested on. Yeah, we were there, what, like two months ago? Yeah, our friend Stephen Barnett was there, our friend... Jeremy Carellis was there. That's right. It It was good times. He has a downtown L.A operation (laughs) you make it sound like it's a syndicate yes he operates out of downtown la um his his store is called on some shit it's a bmx and like you know bike shop yeah right bmx and bike shop bmx and bike shop not only is it bmx they also have bikes he has a really entertaining podcast yeah he's had everybody from uh lil debbie on there to lil yachty all the lils every every Lil David Drake. Yes. <laughs> Lil David Drake, which you really liked that episode. Yeah, I thought it was fascinating. If people are looking to find more It's The Real, Jeff, where can they go? They can go on SoundCloud.com slash A Waste of Time or on iTunes. If you search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real, we will come up probably anywhere you search for us. We are on Twitter at It's The Real. We are on Snapchat at It's It's The Real and It's The Real Eric. Come find us. When do you want to get into this episode? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Defensive Rebound, a.k.a. Moving Bricks. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Mumble Young Man Mumble, a.k.a. Slime Stallone. Wow, and it's Adam22 from No Jumper. Yeah, and this is a waste of time. This is the real. Welcome to the Upper West Side. Hey, it's very beautiful to be here. Uh, I, I realized today, like, in walking around between, like, Times Square and here that uh, I haven't spent a lot of time in Times Square, or in Midtown in general, in my life, because I lived in Brooklyn and Queens the whole time I was out here. Right. And whenever I come to the city, like, I would not come to the city very often, but then when I would, it would just be to ride BMX, so it was kind of nice to just sort of take things in today. Have you ever been hit by a car? Yeah, but it's been so long. I got hit super fucking bad. My, my, I think I like broke my tailbone and just had to deal with it for a I few months. I but I was like to... seventeen. <laughs> well, when you break your tailbone, you you like chip it or whatever, and it just hurts, and you can't really do anything about it. Really? Yeah, because it's like it's kind of pokes out back there. You didn't get it like checked or anything. No, even at that age, I knew better than to go to the doctor. <laughs> right. Are you a, are you like an anti-vaxxer like truther? <laughs> no, but I am like so opposed to going to the hospital or the doctor unless I absolutely have to, Is especially that right? in terms of yeah, I've had so many like wounds that i should have had stitched up that i didn't and like uh i have all these like pieces of like cartilage stuck in my my thumb and stuff still from like breaking a bottle on someone's head that just like the the scar oh. tissue just built up and i never went to the doctor for it which was a really bad oh my idea. god yeah, all of this sounds terrible <laughs> yeah i was like the worst person ever you guys haven't explained who i am at all <laughs> wait okay so you've probably been injured many many times right yeah different ways you many ways yeah. yeah so i'm shocked that you would not want to go to a doctor yeah, you're talking to two very sensible jews well yeah. i've also never had health insurance like my whole life until like this year congratulations so yeah thanks obama big step. Yeah. yeah thank yeah. you obama exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been great yeah. okay i haven't used it at all yet so you are actually in new york because uh well i was down at south by southwest in austin staying with my friend charlie crumlish and kareem williams trapping out there and then um Came up to Boston, Nashville, New Hampshire area to like see my uh, my brand new nephew Teddy that my sister just had, uh, and then welcome like two Teddy. Weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, shout yeah. out to Teddy. All he does is sleep, and then um, 
I had to come out here to do a meeting with like a couple of different companies out here. Hypebeast wanted to like just meet up and stuff. I'm doing some stuff with V Files tomorrow. A little light work. Hanging out with you guys. Yeah, yeah. a little media tour. I feel like nice. uh, you know Dame Dash or something. Yeah. <laughs> Did um, you end up hitting up Taxstone? Uh, I hit up uh, what's his name? John uh, Mena. Yeah, I hit him yeah. up, and then he I tweeted at him, and then he said to email him again, and then I kind of realized I wasn't going to be there that long anyway, so I didn't even bother to hit him up again. So Taxstone is like interview goals. Maybe when he's on the West Coast, might be more feasible. I don't know. Let's start at the very, very beginning. You okay. are from Boston. Well, I'm from Nashua, New Hampshire, which is about 30 minutes outside Boston. So yeah. can can you call it like the suburbs of Boston? It, it essentially acts like that. I'm like, you well, know, it's the same media market. Yeah, right? it's the same. It's it's like a I'm like a two to five minute drive from the Massachusetts border. So I've always like felt like a very close kinship with Massachusetts, maybe more than New Hampshire. But it's not technically part of Massachusetts, but so I do have to claim New Hampshire. But uh, yeah, I'm from that area. It's like basically just like any generic New England town, to be honest. Except you Except guys, you what? guys have the first primary, so we do. So there's a lot of attention on that, and that's why my father, who worked in like local politics in uh, Nashua, like he was uh, he was on a school board, he was an alderman, and he ran for mayor at one point. But he was essential to running Bill Clinton's. Uh, first campaign like well I, I can't say essential but he was a big part of it early on like crazy so, so he knew him because he was always working on the democratic side of things and actually i'm gonna blow your mind right now is that so when my dad like um when i was in like so 1995 1996 my dad actually ended up going to jail for some white collar crime shit basically because he was part of the the city government and then also he worked for a construction company and there was like an accusation that he used his sway as the with uh, the the city government to get more jobs for his uh, construction business long story short he didn't really do anything he really wasn't even in the position to do something it was his boss who was guilty of this but he ended up going to jail for a year for it anyway and then when clinton left office he issued a presidential pardon to Whoa. like 40 different people one of which was my dad Whoa, so, that's amazing. as presidents tend to do when they leave office and yeah. so you know, it was cool. There was like another op-ed in the newspaper calling my dad a scumbag and everything. But uh, I was just no, that's tight. You know, <laughs> I come from a long line of dudes who are willing to. You uh, know, you but but it's funny because like of, uh, I'm scumbags. a scumbag. Yeah, yeah. yeah kind of. But my dad is like so straight up that like even when he was in like the newspaper like getting in trouble for this, like everybody kind of knew that it was like Phil Graham Mason would never do that. Blah blah blah. So whoa, yeah, it's a weird weird thing. You met bill clinton or yeah i met him plenty of times i'm like my sister has all these photos with hillary and everything but i, I can also say that my parents voted for bernie sanders in the primary so okay <laughs> they're feeling it, burn, go, yeah. it go, goes so far it's been <laughs> yeah. so long that i think to them it's like they don't feel any particular kinship yeah, they, with they the... barely remember being released from prison <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. but that has to be a, like an amazing moment to like be at the beginning of of one man's rise and see him lead this country for eight, and eight i was years. like eight yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And at one point he received oral sex from a from an intern, which, which I also thought was really cool. Legendary. Yeah, legendary. that's amazing. Yeah. Like, you know, most presidents don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Obama, pussy, doesn't do shit. Yeah. Okay, so uh you grow up outside of Boston on the New Hampshire side. Mm-hmm. You're one of how many kids? Uh it's just me and my sister who's like three years younger than me. So And she's she's got children. She has two children and and lives a very uh normal, ordinary, prosperous family life. <laughs> in- was that always her track? Yeah, like you couldn't pick somebody who was more like destined to have kind of like a traditional like I remember when she got married to her uh her now husband Josh that he told my parents like 
ever since I was young, it was always my dream to have a family and to have children with like a girl as amazing as your, as your daughter. And I remember hearing him say that and just thinking like, wow, I've never thought about that in my whole <laughs> life. Like what a great guy that I can't relate to at all. <laughs> well, he's the father to your nephew. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and I couldn't pick a better guy to be the father to my nephew. That being said, I just cannot relate to that mentality. I never have aspired to, well, no, to do something you come like from a long line of scumbags. Well, you know, but the yeah. thing is that I don't really think I, my dad is a good guy. Like his dad was a good guy, as far as I can tell. I think I was really kind of off the the beaten path in terms of just being willing to you know fudge the law and <laughs> such. When did you start riding bikes? I started riding bikes like so when I was twelve. I got a mountain bike and was super into that for like eight months, and then basically figured out gave I didn't. It up. Yeah, I gave it up as soon as I got a BMX bike and realized that like that's where the real scumbags were. Is like <laughs> in my town or whatever. Because I, I hung out with these guys and I felt like I just got so much so exposed to so many more like sketchy people and stuff. Who could, they, these were just the, the scummiest guys in my town, and I would just hang out with them, and they're like probably partially responsible for everything bad that's happened to me in my life as well as everything good so we're two guys who when we had mountain bikes and like you know the ones with like 10 speeds or whatever right mm-hmm. like we didn't have any mountains to ride it was right. like, you know we were riding like into town or something you like grew that. up like right here no just no. actually 30 minutes north of new york city oh okay so oh, right yeah, like yeah, the yeah, nashua yeah. of new york city <laughs> right yeah that's but what, for uh, you you maybe had real mountains to go mountain biking on yeah there was like dirt trails and stuff like that uh and then but there was also like nashua has like a real downtown area with a lot of good handrails and ledges and stuff like that it, it is a real city it's like a hundred thousand people but so. you can't do any rails with your, your the, with the mountain bike no that's why i had to s- step it up to a bmx bike with pegs and stuff like that yeah, yeah. so you you went like full in I went full in to the point where, like, I got so obsessed with BMX so fast. I have, like, a really, like, obsessive personality to the point where it's, like, a, it's an issue. But um, I got so into it to the point where, like, I kind of lost track. of like, all my other friends, like, just was hanging out with BMX dudes, became so obsessed with BMX magazines and, and videos and everything like that. It just kind of took over my whole life, to be honest. Did you know, what were the jack, like, half of the jackass guys went as, like, some crew in CK. In- CKY was the yeah. original videos. Yeah. yeah. When there was still, like, more, jackass was, like, once they went to MTV, they changed right. the brand name. So little, CKY, yeah. like, and that influences a lot too, just because there, uh, Ryan Dunn would kind of like ride BMX. He'd be wearing like BMX company shirts sometimes. So there was a little bit of like crossover at that time, which was really exciting for us because BMX traditionally hasn't gotten that many like pop culture looks. But Jackass was dope, and like those guys would hang out with BMX guys. So I, we loved it back then. Yeah, yeah. I think that like a lot of people who would listen to this might be like, well, why would you put yourself in like these sort of situations? Oh, man, that's a good question. Like I think about that all the time when I see kids who are so willing to jump off buildings for for no money and i wonder why exactly they're doing it and i think that i just i don't know i saw bmx as like a vehicle that was kind of helping me see the world as well as like a a a vehicle for like uh learning and progression in the sense that i had never really felt like i was good at anything and then i started to ride bmx and i just started to get like positive affirmation from something that i could do all on my own and i had never been talented at sports or anything i wouldn't really say i'm like terribly talented at bmx but it, it was entirely in my hands where i could kind of like fight against myself as opposed to like i never jived with the whole basketball baseball thing it just was but meanwhile you're a tall guy yeah which is it's not like they make the bikes sort of like no it's it's not ideal it's not ideal to be tall (laughs) everybody tall you find that they have like excruciating back issues and such well you did super fucked up back (laughs) also girls with uh, large breasts have uh, back issues that's true that's true and that's why they should all get reductions or be sent to jail yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> so you're riding around, and can we call these guys townies, or are they just yeah, totally. their own Town, sect? Townie is a good word for it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, I say scumbag. Townie makes a scumbag lot of sense. Scumbag townies. Yeah. <laughs> but what do your parents think of like your activities at this point? Well, they were definitely disturbed by the fact that I was riding a bike with no brakes, and that I wasn't wearing a helmet, and that I was out to like three, four in the morning, and that they kind of knew that. How old were you? Like 13, 14. Like, yeah, that was like my first time of really being able to kind of like escape. And like when my parents kind of figured out like, oh, we can't tell him what to do. He's going to leave the house and we can't do shit about <laughs> it. You know, like you've like you're the type of person who's like jumped on a train and like gone somewhere. Right. You know, I used to do graffiti like super hardcore when I first got into BMX. And we would always talk about like jumping on one of the trains at the train yard in Nashua and like seeing where it went. But we never actually went through with it. But I really, really, really wanted to. What was point. your tag? Uh, Can you say own thirty three was own my O W N O W N and like then the number thirty three? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I never yeah, thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I used to write that when I was like fourteen, fifteen. <laughs> that was my name. There's probably still some lurking around there. So own own thirty three. That was, was it. Yeah. Was that also like your AOL screen name? No, but I, I when I chose Adam twenty two as my live journal name, which mm-hmm. is then the, how that became like my name. Mm-hmm. It was there was absolutely nothing behind it, but it does stand out to me that my graffiti name had a, a two digit repeating numeral, and that my live journal name which then became my real nickname did as well so yeah. i don't know if that's like a subconscious thing i have going on or what and together 55 whoa True. I and i love palindromes oh do you really love them yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> thank you anytime so, like my instagram follower count is a, is a palindrome i'm like much happier yeah <laughs> well you, you should screenshot it. <laughs> yeah, yeah you yeah, should yeah. have it on private and just refuse to have people, re- like, oh, yeah. i love that for the longest time i don't know if he still does but currency's uh follower count was 420 and i was like oh okay yeah uh, <laughs> see i respect that that's yeah. very Jim and mandy's is 666, 666 yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if it's lower if you're like 320 just buy yourself a quick 100k yeah yep. that's how yep. i do it yeah. so <laughs> you're so you're riding around town What's the furthest that you would go on your BMX bike? Oh, man, back then, like, we would pedal to places that were, like, 20, 30 miles away to ride. Like, it, when I think about the distances that we used to ride then, it, nobody that rides BMX <laughs> would do this as adults or whatever. In California, nobody has any concept of riding 30 miles to, like, go ride a skate park. But it didn't seem that out of the ordinary to us at the time. It was such, like, a culture of, like, being hardcore, yeah. you know? Like, where it's like, oh, you're a pussy if you don't do this. <laughs> And I'm me being 13, 14, I'm like, all right, let's fucking do it. I'm not, I'm not scared. Yeah, I'll do it. You know? Do you, I mean, did you fall to peer pressure in like a bunch of ways or no? Well, see, the thing about all those dudes is that, well, sexually, yeah, because those are the first dudes that I knew who were like complete animals with girls, mm-hmm. which I definitely fell in line with. But they didn't drink or smoke or anything. So I kind of avoided that till like way later. I didn't mm-hmm. like start drinking or smoking until like uh, early 20s. That's surprising to me. Yeah? <laughs> no, yeah, I know. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like hardcore straight edge at the time, which was a lot cooler at the time like i think you were probably cooler in like the new england like kind of like bmx you couldn't help but also kind of be in the hardcore scene and everybody was vegan and straight edge back then really yeah it's weird so did that translate to your music interest too oh totally i'm super into like early hardcore and like like what bands like minor threat oh god no way (laughs) no because they were like a christian band so i couldn't fuck with them like ideologically at all but i was super into like i had no idea about that i was just like oh really i I just knew like the letters no they're like extreme like pop punk but i was like uh super into like early hardcore like minor threat and youth of today and like stuff like that but then also is that a thing bad brains were like dc area era from the same time but then also i was super into like blood for blood and death before dishonor and Madball and all this like tough guy like east coast hardcore shit that that was like kind of the types of bands that were playing like when i was actually like able to go to shows in like the late 90s early 2000s and do you jump right in the mosh pit 
Oh yeah, like I I got multiple concussions like back in the day just from not knowing what the fuck I was doing. For sure. Oh, for sure, like horrible concussions. Yeah, Uh, I've had more from BMX. Again, you haven't gone to a doctor, so yeah, yeah, there could be all kinds of stuff going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So you jump in the pit and just are thrown around. And by the way, man, I don't know. Yeah. So you've you've experienced that. You've lived that. You've gone through concussions. Do you consider that? Like a lot of people do, like an expression of love or whatever. They're like, "Oh, this is just you know, you jump in the pit and like shoving people around and down." Yeah. Oh, absolutely like, not! In, it's amongst friends. Like, in yeah. Boston at the time, it was a it was the most violent hardcore scene probably anywhere, especially at that time. And I mean, no, there there was no like it's like if they would always say like in L.A. if you fall down in the pit, a bunch of people are going to help you up, and in right. Boston if you fall down, somebody's going to jump on your head. <laughs> so it was. There's a documentary called uh, Boston Beatdown Two that I guarantee like almost everybody watching this will not have the patience to sit through, but it is like just all these dudes who are like the most hardcore of the hardcore dudes just talking into the camera about how tough they are and about their brotherhood and their friendship and like the most brutal fight footage to go along with it. And it's it's weird too because it's all white guys and you're just not used to seeing like gang violence in America modern times and it's all white boys and yeah. it was just insane. But that was like the template for the time, like fucking. People, Wait, it was a doc- that's a documentary, not like that a- they made. But it's not like a world star film. Like it sounds like the two next to it. Oh no, it's like a it's like more world star than it is like because yeah. I mean that 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 is even like a touchy like era to talk about because that documentary is what got a lot of guys in the Boston scene on the radar of like the FBI, right. and then they ended up getting their whole shit shut down to this to the point where like the Boston hardcore scene I'm told is like really lacking now because the FBI got involved. All of a sudden, like. Just the whole scene got fucked um, up. I guess. As far as movies go, is Boston Beatdown Two better than Boston Beatdown One? Boston Beatdown One was kind of like the template for Two. Two was where they really hit their stride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And then I don't think Three ever happened. Right. Just like, like The Godfather. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like Coke Boys Three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that uh, Jeff is such a hardcore uh, Coke Boys fan. Which I have to say that the the tape with Max B that's the first French tape that I've downloaded in a few years, and it is awesome. It's so good. Wave Gods. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the one with, with, uh, the, the, with the, the Kodak Black. The, that, is that song is phenomenal. Song. Yeah. yeah, and. Uh, the, the Kanye song I really like yeah. a lot too but there's just a lot of good songs in there yeah right? I mean like I, I've been listening to that pretty much non-stop for the past I don't know ever since it came out and I love New York because I was like walking through Central Park and heard like multiple different people blasting that mixtape and that is not something that you would necessarily encounter in LA that often yeah also walking not yeah. something you're gonna walking. <laughs> not a lot of that in LA yeah. no it's the Hasidic Jews and that's about it yeah <laughs> you Go through high school and you're finding trouble, or are you? Oh yeah, I was in trouble so fucking much, like just fighting in school constantly, and like that was kind of a weird thing, like with the BMX crowd that I fell into. Is like that was the first time that I really felt like, oh, here's all these like big older dudes who have my back against like all these fucking football dudes that want to fight me, or like you know, like we were. I got in so many fucking fights in high school. I got suspended so many times. I was looking at my like high school yearbook, and there's not a single photo of me. <laughs> outside of like the one photo of me like sitting against the wall or whatever and i was just thinking like i'm pretty sure that i was blacklisted from the yearbook intentionally man because and i remember there was a school trip and my my dad was all bummed that i wasn't allowed on it because i've been suspended too many times so where was the school trip to I don't, it was that's a good 20 question. to 30 miles away. <laughs> Probably. You had to pedal <laughs> there. Yeah. Shown up, yeah. <laughs> were there any of those kids who you got into fights with who you later like reconciled with and you're like you know what yeah have a different mind there's like one situation that stands out to me really bad where i got a the reason why i stopped doing graffiti because i had like really bad luck i got caught like two different times in the course of a year i got owned thank you (laughs) thank you jeff that was that was good uh I, i got arrested like two different times and like the second time 
basically I kind of had it in my head like, all right, I'm going to change my life. I'm not doing graffiti anymore. I'm not going to be in trouble anymore. I go to school the next day, that Monday, and this fucking dude just walks up to me and just starts punching me in the face like what? repeatedly. Yeah, and like I was so in the zone of like, oh, I'm going to clean up my act that I'm just standing there like getting punched in the face, screaming at him like, fuck you. you what the fuck is wrong with you? you know? Oh, my God. And it was all because like I had made some joke to his girlfriend that she had then like said to him and completely took out of context. Snitch. Yeah, she's a snitch, right? Yeah. I don't remember her name. I don't <laughs> remember him. Snitches. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got punched in the face mad times. So I didn't really get hurt. I was just yelling at him. And then uh, I remember that like a couple years later, like there was like a, a party after graduation. And that kid said to me, he's like, yo, I'm sorry. Sorry, I know I was in the wrong on that. Like, and he was like, "Punch me in the face, do it right now." And I'm like, "I'm not gonna do it. Like, I'm down to be cool with you. That was two years ago, but I'm not gonna punch you in the face." And it was like one of those drunk things where he just kept telling me, "Like, punch me in the face, <laughs> fucking do it." And I never ended up doing it, but that would have been tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I probably should have done it. Yeah, because it's it's a weird feeling getting punched like ten times in the face in a row and just standing there and taking it. But my resolve at that point to get my life together was so strong that I was so with it. Well, and did it take? Uh. It took for a couple years until I like graduated high school and started scamming, and that was then it went downhill for a while. But then a couple years after that, I cleaned up my act again. That, okay, so and the, that didn't really take either. But okay, it, so it took for a while, and we'll get there. No. The end, but the end of high school. It's a noble fight, by the way. That's right. <laughs> the end. The Stay end of trouble. high school. Like, are you working a job anywhere? No. Uh, well, so I got into a really lucky situation where like a friend of my dad's that he had met when he was in jail. This guy Clem Izzy. Clem Izzy was just this guy who basically had like a big ass house and he told me that he wanted me to, to work for him like doing um, like landscaping type stuff like cleaning up the leaves mowing the lawn whatever and he was like kind of a rich guy who was sort of out of touch for what the average wage was so he was paying me 20 bucks an hour in like 2001 to Whoa. do like remedial lawn work and he didn't care how many hours I billed him for I could bill him for whatever I wanted he just liked me that landscaping bubble you know yeah. Yeah. no it really was yeah like and I, I, for years after that I would hear people talk about how much they were getting paid to do like similar stuff and I'd be like man that was such a fucking good deal but I was doing that for a while and uh so I, I never really like had a job after like seventeen, eighteen, and because uh, I was doing that for him, but but really not like making that much money because I was only doing it the minimal amount that I had to, you know. Did you have a car? Uh, yeah, my parents gave me like a super old Buick Regal, like when I turned like seventeen. So I was whipping that thing around, nice. yeah. And they will forever like torture me for the fact that I just fucked it up by like strapping bikes onto the trunk and stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, I remember my dad always says like because uh, when they went to like. I went away on a trip and then they clean, they like cleaned the car out so my sister could use it for the week and they found like 78 Poland Springs bottles in my <laughs> trunk and they were just so offended that there would be 78 bottles in my trunk and I just, you know, I drank a lot of water. Fuck, like I said, yeah. You were there to uh, get the five cents or whatever. Yeah, I, well, I, I didn't think of that, but that was a good point, yeah. <laughs> is New Hampshire one of those places where you can turn Actually, in Actually, wait. Is it, it is, I think. Uh, I know that Michigan, maybe. you can't. Michigan, well, Michigan isn't it 10 cents? Ooh. We're all thinking back to the, that uh, Seinfeld episode, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 that's our sole basis yeah, yeah. of knowledge on this topic. Yeah, <laughs> what did your sister think of of everything you were up to? I mean, her being such like a, a person who got straight A's and went to college in the state where I grew up and everything. I mean, her and I have always like stood in very stark contrast, so it's always like been interesting. I don't know that she really had that much of an opinion about it, but I mean, her life went on like a pretty linear track, and mine just kind of went off the rails for a while. <laughs> but my parents never really like knew about anything sketchy that I was getting into until all that stuff was over for me. So I wouldn't say that they were super worried, but maybe kind of suspicious. Was it something where like you were able to talk about it later on and just laugh about with your parents? Well, I know that they listen to like, do they read interviews and stuff where they probably see stuff. And that's how they found out? 
Probably, <laughs> to be honest. I don't. It was so long ago that I think that they probably aren't even surprised. They probably knew I was up to something at that time. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's, so. that's pretty great to discuss it like Thanksgiving, like just like oh. About my, what you were up my to. My mom and dad have always been really good at ignoring the bad things that I'm into. Like, are in, they white Anglo-Saxon Protestant? Yes. <laughs> and well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, exactly <laughs> correct. Yeah. And uh, they've always kind of just managed to like sort of ignore like when I would do an interview and I mentioned stuff like that, any kind of criminal activity. They just always kind of ignored it. I don't know. They were good at that. You had picked up for graffiti, and what were the cops like? like is graffiti a big thing in in Nashua? Or surrounding uh, Yeah, because towns. it's like, what the fuck else do they have to deal with? And I remember still, my friend Corey Vengren is the one who got us all caught because we were behind <laughs> this building painting, and he didn't have any paint, so he fucking goes and gets a sub at Subway, subway and then comes back <laughs> and is just sitting there watching us paint, and then 20 minutes later, the cops show up with fucking guns pulled and arrest all of us, oh. and that was fairly horrible, yeah. Guns pulled? Guns pulled, because uh, well, a couple of them know, tried to run, graf- so they oh, yeah. yeah, they pulled their guns out, I don't know. You, but you, you know graffiti there. artists, they're very violent. <laughs> yeah, he was like, the cop was like two feet away from me, so I didn't even bother trying to run, but Man. the other guys tried to run, and it was strange. Yeah. End of high school, you go to graduation, what was next? <sighs> uh, well, my parents convinced me, because I really didn't have any kind of aspirations in life at this point, besides going to hardcore shows, fucking girls off MySpace, and riding BMX. My parents kind of told me because, like, they were probably genuinely scared about what was going to happen to me in my life. They told me, like, if you, because, because I got really lucky because my mom is a librarian at a, a, a state school in Massachusetts. Oh, so she wanted you to follow in her footsteps. She wanted me to be a librarian. <laughs> yeah, couldn't you imagine? I'd be really good at that. Because uh, <laughs> I always tell her that her job is just to go shh, <laughs> shh, and she gets super offended. Because, like, if you're a, mo- a modern day librarian, is very into like you know. Uh, yeah, research yeah, yeah, yeah. and like how to use the internet the world wide web she was like Adam that is a stereotype yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah exactly because I would always say oh mom all you know how to do is use the Dewey Decimal System <laughs> it's the library of Congress you idiot uh, but yeah so they convinced me basically like you can go to college without having to pay tuition because I'm a, a employee of a state school so you should just do this and they basically said like we won't force you to get like a full-time job and you can continue to do the landscaping thing if you go to college. So I went to college and got straight A's, which is weird because I got all like D's all through high school. <laughs> but I killed it in my first year at community college. And then after that, I, I went to uh, U- UMass Lowell for a year. Yep. And that was about the time when I got into doing scams, basically. And that was basically where I just lost any interest in school. And that was well, when I dropped What do you mean by down. scams? And credit card fraud and shit. I like how they call it scamming now because it sounds less yeah. fucked up than like identity theft. Right. right. Yeah. Also, it's just easier to fit into a rap song. So. Right. Scamming. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, we're all thinking about Panda right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. you see Designer in South by Southwest? I did not. And that would be very strange to see him in real life. I, I like the idea of him on the internet more we were, in real life. Yeah, do you yeah. know what he looks like at all? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I watched videos of him performing the song live like the day that the Kanye album came out yeah. I like searched online and it was so weird yeah a friend of ours at Def Jam I was like does designer have anything else besides Panda and he was like he has a lot of songs that are gonna be hits and so I guess there's something there a lot I of mean we're excited I've heard a lot of artists who had a lot of hits but yeah. then they themselves were the issue is that they maybe didn't have the charisma to be that dude very true maybe he could be that dude I don't know it was, we'll see it'll be maybe interesting. he'll be our new ace hood Wow, I would love an Ace Hood. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, listen, Ace Hood. As much as like as much shit as I give Ace Hood, Ace Hood had hit after hit after right. hit. Like every year, it was. He also consistent. had style and mm. and and well, gave no, you, you lyrical, st- lyrical lyrical style. Lyrical style. Like, yeah, flows and he didn't dress like you know yeah, especially like he well. Wore like, right. 
you know, a wife beater. But he, but his, but his lyrical style put so many people on. Oh yeah, yeah, like, totally. Just, but then, like, you look at him and it's like, well, you're still Ace Hood. So is anybody yeah. gonna really care about you? Are they gonna buy the album? It's, it's and the tough. answer was no. And he had pre Khaled, uh, pre Snapchat Khaled in his it, corner, which is maybe things would be a little different now. Yeah. I, I was also well, curious. I, I mean, like he was Probably also not. wearing like Cisco pants. So right. I mean, like that, that was like the the issue. Well, you guys are like experts on the uh, on, on the Hood. on the DJ Khaled Snapchat. <laughs> oh, well, yes. that apparently too. But have you ever seen uh, Ace Hood on the Khaled Snapchat? No. Well, and also, that's telling. But, that's but very you know telling. What? I did uh, interview Khaled what like a year ago, uh-huh. and. I asked him, like, you know, what was going on with Ace Hood. And then he's still, very, like, you know, championing him and every, okay. everything. I'm sure. So, like, he, you remember a classic Khaled moment that we should probably go find on YouTube? Is Remember, there was a BET segment where they had, like, ten albums out. And it was, like, put these in this bag if you think it's a classic and get rich or die trying was on there and he was like i can't put that in the bag because i'm all about unity i'm all about love and respect so i can't put that in the bag now don't get me wrong this has hits but i can't put it in the bag something like that i, I gotta go find that yeah that's i think amazing i think in his head his morals are so set and it's hard for him to translate that a lot of the time well that was about the time that 50 was going in on fat, fat joe, joe and right. this is when cal was still rocking the ts chain totally. non-stop yeah. totally yeah. and now fat joe and 50 are friendly I've seen that, yeah. and I've seen that, uh, well, now Khaled's rocking the rock chain. He is. Yeah. Which is T.S., Fat Joe, and Jay-Z. That's right. Long-standing beef, probably still. From, uh, nobody gives from a the, fuck, the Rucker but... days and all that, too. Right, yeah. um, okay, back to, back to back scamming. To me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did you get introduced to it? There was a sketchy-ass Czech kid. Czech, like <laughs> Czechoslovakian. Oh, oh yeah, I thought yeah. it was like, uh, no, your no, thing yeah. was yes. credit cards. His that thing. is a good point. Yeah, I yeah. never thought about that till right now. But <laughs> he basically like knew about... By like, the way, we love homonyms. You love palindromes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm, the, the kid was like, uh, catch me if you can. Like, he was <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But basically, like he knew that like I had some sketchy-ass friends who were super into shoplifting and stuff. And he like got in touch with me, basically like, yo, I got, some, I got a way that you guys can make some real money. I go and meet up with him in a, another town in New Hampshire, and he takes me to the mall and we did, and he had already told me how this works but he had all these credit cards and he's like all right take this go into like this store and buy a laptop and like was basically watching me from a distance to see like how good i was at like maintaining the facade of this being my actual credit card and everything i did it we did it a couple times like in the same day we we're buying flat screens all this shit and then he takes me out to Red Lobster, which was really cool of him, and that was also on this credit card. Yeah, it's yeah, and cool to a point because he's yeah. not paying for it. Well, it was great. Yeah, neither <laughs> yeah. of us was paying for it, but it still felt like he was taking me out. And I remember like that that first day that he handed me like three grand in cash, and I had never had three grand in cash in my whole life, and I was like, okay, I'm on this. Like, and the deal was like forty percent of the profits to me, and like sixty percent to him, which I was still super down with. But then I had this other friend who was like even way sketchier and smarter than me, so I like brought him into the fold, but then. And like so we were off working with this kid within a couple of months because we figured out how to do it all on our own you would go on these like sketchy ass websites or whatever and just buy all these fake credit card accounts and then we would just go drive two hours north to some mall and just tear it up and then just come back with like crazy amounts of money and stuff and we were going hard with this for a couple of years so is it is it that you would buy the merchandise and then sell it again or you would buy the merchandise and then return it no you would buy it on the credit cards and then you would like either sell it yourself slowly over time on ebay or we would have like a fence who we would sell it to and he would just give you like a percentage of the of the profits up front so you can kind of remove yourself from that deal and i assume that it's like a million times harder now because i know that like 
it's probably a lot harder to just open an eBay store selling a shitload of like unaccounted for merchandise these sure, days. Sure. But at know, the let's time, find out. what are you guys doing? Later? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm super down. <laughs> but that's what's I mean, weird. By the way, of course you're super down. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I hear Tax like talk about it and he's talking about how there's so many scammers, like I wonder where they're scamming exactly because it must be like real high security if it's that common in New York. You should talk to your check friend. I, I actually <laughs> really crazy thing about that, and I fucking I, I, I always forget to talk about this is so. I was working with him. I basically kind of resolved, like, I'm not going to do this scamming shit anymore when I moved to New York because New York was already kind of hot in comparison to New England. So I'm like, I don't really want to still be doing this shit here. I already had enough money to, like, last me a few years. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to, like, move to New York and figure out what I want to do. And That's the plot of girls, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, A lot of people tell me I'm very, like, Lena Dunham-esque. Yeah. Um, But so... As soon as I move, like there was another dude that was the dude that got my check friend into this shit, like at a young age. And basically, like that dude hit up my check friend and was like, yo, like, do you want to meet up with me and like do like, I'm sorry for like the way business went in the past, but I want to like, we'll go and we'll do some, some scamming together. They go out and do it. They buy like a bunch of uh, TV. The first TV they buy, they walk out of the store afterwards and fucking federal agents rush in and throw the check kit on the ground. The other kid, gets to walk away and so he's like laying on the ground outside this mall looking up and realizing that that fool had set him up this is like three weeks after i moved to new york so realistically i probably would have been there when this happened and the really crazy thing about it is i said he's a check kid he gets kicked out of america for life for that whoa he still lives in fucking canada so crazy can't come back but Canada is like popping right now. Canada's <laughs> tight, so he's probably not yeah. that pissed about it. But yeah. I mean, you know, he can't come back to see his parents. That's got to kind of suck, that could have you know? been you, not Dan from America, probably because no, no, I was no, born right, here. Right, but right. yeah, definitely the like because he went to jail for like a year or two in America before he got kicked out. So that definitely could have been me. Yeah. And so, whatever happened to that kid who set him up? Uh, I don't know. Probably living happily ever after in the witness protection program or something. Probably not. Witness yeah, right. protection, yeah, right. But yeah, you know, he's sort of serious, probably yeah, had a better a better maybe path. Like in yeah. Arizona, just like but yeah. with his name and everything. Right. Him and Whitey Bulger in Santa right. Monica or something. That's yeah. right. Yo, that's wild though. That was so, wild. I, I always kind of took that as like a little sign, like okay, that's I got to clean up my act from here, which so, I did not do. But well, you know. but but it's a noble like it was it was a good attempt. Yeah, yeah I tried what, hard. But what brought you down to New York though? Um, I had like a friend who had like a super cheap, like it was a $600 two bedroom in Astoria, which doesn't make any sense, right? Like not today. It doesn't. It, no, yeah. not today. But in 2003, this was still plausible. He basically like, I kind of wanted to move to Boston and like hang out with all my hardcore friends out there and ride BMX, which, and he basically convinced me that it would be like a total like pussy cop out move. He's like, you got to go hundred percent. You got to move to New York. Oh my God. This I is like the like, end of right, Good yeah. Hunting. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was like, you cannot no, move to Boston. Like Boston's, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know, Boston is soft. Like it's, it's easy out there. It's too close to home. You got to move to New York. I just really wanted to like kind of make a name for myself filming BMX videos and stuff, which did not really pan out for me because of the fact that I got injured really bad and that's when i started playing online poker which i did really well with for a few years okay so um there's a lot of information yeah. there, by the way first of all let me trap it where did you have where did you keep your cash cash um that was a weird thing that i would always like try to like think of different places that you could hide it in the house and shit but i don't know whenever i watch like cops or when they're like ripping up a house it doesn't seem like there's anywhere that you could hide anything that the cops aren't going to find if they search your house right. so 
I never got like that. And I remember like at my parents' house that I had this like old laser tag box from when I was in like eighth grade <laughs> that they bought me for like Christmas or something. And I just had the box and the box was just filled with every bad thing, like spray paint cans, cash, drugs, everything. Because even when I was straight edge, I was still selling drugs. Okay. I just want to throw that out there. That's yeah. like a time honored Boston tradition. <laughs> just for the record. Because I've seen like this one straight edge do this like in a popular straight edge band and he just got busted driving 70 pounds of weed across America. And I was just thinking, I'm still, I'm glad that the straight edge scene is That's still. Right serving themes yeah. <laughs> but your parents you know they would never look in that in no that exactly yeah and laser I, tag well, what yeah. if they were like oh you want to know what perfect day for some laser tag <laughs> yeah. I would have been fucked yeah that, they would have opened that like Pandora's box of like every bad thing you can imagine we yeah. had we had Yogati on the podcast and we asked him where he hid his money and he was like he was like I bought this house and like had a contractor come in and break through the wall and he, then he like patched it up and everything was cool and then he's like, I couldn't sleep that night because I was afraid that that contractor would knew exactly where it was. Wow. So I had, so I broke it open. I had the again. contractor killed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but he like got the money out and like had the contractor re you know redo the wall and then hit it somewhere else. Wow. Yeah. He was just like, Yo, God, he was in the chair where I'm sitting right now. He was. Or very, it might uh, be in the other chair. I'm very honored. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah, there is another chair. Shit, yeah. look at that thing lonely over there. <laughs> you, should, you should just after this is done, you should sit in all the chairs. So at least yeah. one of yep. them, Yo, God, he sat in. Big thanks to our friend CISO for sponsoring today's show. Go to CISO.com to stream the original series, The UCB Show. Catch all eight episodes of pure sketch comedy gold featuring the comedy stars of tomorrow and your longtime UCB favorites as well. Remember, CISO is only $3.99 a month and ad-free. So, try it now for free. Join now as a guest to access this extensive comedy collection, no credit card needed. Look, Jeff, I love that you can watch the entire Monty Python series, including Holy Grail, Life of Brian, and The Flying Circus, totally remastered into HD for the first time. The full Kids in the Hall catalog, entirely remastered into HD for the first time as well, plus every single episode of Saturday Night Live. And CISO is also releasing over 40 new shows and stand-up specials from people like Cameron Esposito, Dan Harmon, Scott Aukerman, Jonah Ray, and more. CISO for yourself for free, right now only at CISO.com. You started playing online poker because you got hurt. Yeah, so I kind of like had all this energy of like, oh, what am I going to do? I got hurt super bad riding BMX where I just like threw my back out and couldn't ride for a few months. And I'd always been interested in poker. So I, I put like 200 grand or excuse me, $200 Whoa. yeah, into a fucking online account. It was a very big laser tag box. <laughs> <laughs> I had like $200 I put into the account like through MoneyGram or whatever and then like ran it up to like a hundred grand in like a year. What? And then just kept going hard with it for like a few years that I was like probably averaging six figures and then just kind of kept going with that for a while good at poker were you or were you like cheating in some way it was a very ripe time for poker on the internet in like 2003 2004 was when everybody was like oh i can play poker exactly so there was tons of fish with tons of money to go around and that doesn't really exist anymore from what i'm told so i'm glad that i got out of that is there any way to sort of trick all the other people that you're playing there because Oh, yeah. I mean, you would hear all the time about dudes, uh, you know, because think it wouldn't be that hard for me and you to both be playing online poker different places and be texting each other or DMing each other or whatever, letting each other know what we had. But the thing is, is that their software is able to like detect that, like, if you've got quad kings and I've got quad aces and you fold, it's like the software would presumably detect that and know that you were acting irrationally. Right. 
But, I mean, people probably still got away with it all the time. I never really dove into that, although I, I, like, I would have loved to. I, just, I like the people who are, like, experts at cheating the system, and then, like, the system ends up buying them out, and they become, like, a consultant, you know. I like sh- the idea that, yeah, yeah, I wish that I could have somehow done that. <laughs> well, that's Catch Me If You Can again. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all Catch Me If You Can. That's fucked yeah. up. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you played online poker, and at this whole time, is your family, like, you get together at Thanksgiving, are they just like, so... Well, what do you what, you see? Yeah. The online poker thing probably didn't make them feel that safe about my future, but at least it was plausible. At least Absolutely. there was something that okay. kind of made sense because around the same time too, I was like, you know, uh, New York drug prices at the time we had it popping, and eat, uh, like where I'm from, they did not have it popping price wise. So I was like driving a lot of drugs uh, back to the East Coast, doing these little trips and stuff. So that was that was fun, and it was just like extra income on top of the poker stuff, you know. So I was doing pretty good in that regard at the time too. By the way, New Hampshire drug scene now is like wow. oh yeah, I would be in the heroin game for sure if I was uh, back then because I hear about it all the time, people dying and shit. But yeah, we were yeah. just uh, doing stuff with coke at the time, buying in Jersey City and just sort of driving it around. I'm so glad that this is like 12 years behind me so I could talk <laughs> about it, like because right. it still kind of feels like fuck, like. Am I, are the cops going to care about this? Do, right. they, do they listen to a waste of time with it's the real? Bow, bow, bow. Yeah, have you noticed that I have a Hennessy uh, phone case that, that I was given at South by Southwest? Shout out to that. Yeah, I should be being paid for this. I do, like, I do like the idea that um, that South by Southwest is just to the point now where like everything they give away is yeah. free and yeah. like... Well, you yeah, know. you have to go to like the Doritos tent. That's right. To watch, like you know, yeah. But I, I, I got this, and like he handed it to me, and I'm like, this is better than my current phone case. <laughs> so what am I like? What oh, am I holding out for? A non-branded no phone, case? phone case? We don't even. We live yeah. on the edge. Talk about you. You got a doorman too. Yeah. What? yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Life is good in hip hop sketch comedy. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's that's my thing. We go down to Thanksgiving, and it's a lot of like you know, right. relatives don't understand what we do. Right. Did your parents know that you were living as well as you were living? No, because I didn't. I never lived like that. Even when I had like a lot of fucking cash, just like an American gangster. This is yeah, all right. it was just up right. or yeah, Goodfellas. Like you know what yeah, happens yeah. when you wear your like but, mink out. But like, I also yeah. just I don't have tastes for anything nice. So it's like I had a lot of money, but I don't. I'm not into cars. I'm not into like clothes. I'm so not into anything. So wh- what was I going to do? Yeah. But this whole time, are you are you still like paying six hundred dollars for your place in Astoria? Yes. Wow. Yeah, never never felt the need to give up on that because like my mentality at that age in, in particular was I just don't want to work. Like I don't want to fucking have fancy things. I just never want to have to work again. Because, Amazing. Yeah, so that's like my mentality. I was like, oh, if I got 100 grand, I'm saving the 100 grand because that's going to last me 5 years or whatever like, yeah. which luckily like other things worked out, but at the time that seemed like really you would have done very well in the Great Depression. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because <laughs> that's like how my parents are. They have noth- nothing nice ever. Never had a nice car. Never had nice clothes. They're just not those kind of people, you know. Yeah. Well, well you you see our apartment, and it is it is too nice. It is too <laughs> nice. Well, yeah. Was, I, there was a girl in Austin back in the day that like I remember she called me and said like, "Hey, so." When you lived in Brooklyn, like, did you have a doorman? And me and my friends like ridiculed her for asking that because we <laughs> thought it was so funny because I didn't know anyone with a doorman, and then I showed up here and you guys had a doorman. Well, so. <laughs> our, our doorman really are are the best. You yes. want to live in the upper upper uh, east side, upper or west, west side. side? Sorry, yeah. sorry, oh, west yeah. side. I would, I would never sorry, live in that sorry, sorry. I know. Yeah. Um, no, our doorman are awesome. Um, we've had the same doorman for I guess like eight yeah, years, yeah. pretty much. There was there used to be another doorman who didn't know anybody's name except for Eric, mm-hmm. um, and so like this girl. Um, um, who I went to high school with, she also lived with us, and she would come down, and I would come down, and he'd be like, Eric, what's going on? And it's like, well, no, I'm I'm Jeff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. not Eric. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I am. So I, I have a little mnemonic device with you guys. I just kind of have like a little like melody in my head that's like, 
Jeff, Jeff is tall, is. Eric is small. <laughs> Jeff is tall, Eric is small. That way I can remember because it's hard to separate because in my mind, you guys share a Twitter account. You were like we the same being for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, someone, we were at a photo shoot the other day and someone was, was just like, uh, is it Jeff? And it's just like, look, just remember glasses and curly hair. That's, right. you know. That is actually yeah. more simple. Call That's a good point. what yeah. you want. You know? <laughs> okay, so you're living in New York. You're living how you're living. Mm-hmm. Are you you're back riding at this point? Yeah, but like, casually for fun and around around that time when i was playing poker too like after i got over that one injury i just had such like a rash of horrible injuries because i i uh i basically like tore i like broke my my ankle and my leg at the same time riding bmx which was like just horrible luck that sounds horrible it was awful how did you do that did you like run into it shark <laughs> okay this is this is what's really fucked up about it is that i had a friend like it was like the first day of spring i was back in boston for a little bit i uh met up with all my friends we went to boston right away we see this like rail hop which is you know uh, it's like the height of your handlebars you got a bunny hop over it. there's like a bank my friend went to do it cases the rail hop f- goes straight to his face knocks a bunch of his teeth out like we had to rush him to the hospital just so happens that in Boston, the hospital is one of the greatest BMX spots of all time. <laughs> Not just in Boston, but anywhere. So we're messing around outside of the hospital. I go to do a trick on this bank. I fall. I fucking destroy my leg to the point where, like, then my friends had to, like, basically wheel me in on my bike. And my friend who had just knocked his teeth out is looking at me like, are you fucking serious? Oh. Like, it's so statistically improbable. I don't know if, like, him getting hurt just sort of trauma was in the air. I don't know. By the way, you know what's turned me off? About as much um, as like the injuries and mm-hmm. like the the fear of death, I guess. Yeah. Um, the terminology, right? I find it very <laughs> forbidding. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because um, I just said cased the rail hob. Yeah, that probably like, sounds weird to I'm you, like, right? Yeah, like that's a thing that yeah. we all know. <laughs> well, you know the the lame casing. joke that people always do is like. Oh, you're gonna need a lawyer for that case. So if you ever go to the that's skate a, park a and you, yeah, if you see something that kind of looks like someone's casing something, you could just be like, "You're gonna need a lawyer for that case from the outside the skate park," and they'll all laugh. They'll love it. They'll love you. But you want you want to know another good story? At the time that like I broke my hand really bad because my sister was dating this BMX kid that I didn't really know because he's like a few like generations uh, or like generations, eight, not generations, but like a few years younger than me. I didn't really know him. And so I was back home visiting my parents, and my dad wakes me up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Basically, that kid that she had been dating came by my parents' house to, like, pick up something. And when he picked it up, like, because they weren't home, they said, like, you could just come in and grab it. Because, like, some places in New Hampshire don't lock their doors, at least at that time. Now my parents are very strict about locking the door. Mm-hmm. But he stole 500 bucks out of my dad's wallet. What? Yeah, which is weird that my dad carries $500, right? But also just... I'm so glad that he's not the one who ended up marrying your sister, by the way. Oh, yeah. me too. This guy's a total scumbag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jo- <laughs> Josh, much cooler guy. Yeah. It is uh-huh. clear that that guy cased the joint. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> so, so my dad like wakes me up and was basically like, you got to go handle this. I'm like, all right. I'm on like one hour of sleep. I, my dad lets me uh, take his, his other car. I go out like basically just hunting for this dude all day. What is your weapon? Oh, no. You have, your, your, you have hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to fuck him up. So I fucking. It wasn't like I, you had a wrench. I, yeah. And I actually, I got like a tip because my sister, like this dumbass kid, told my sister like basically where he was staying before this. What an idiot. Yeah. So fucking. <laughs> He tells her, so I show up at the house, and his bike is in the front yard, so I'm super happy. I take the bike, throw it in the car, because no matter what happens, I'm keeping this bike. That's collateral, yeah. I, yeah. I, I knock on the door. The girl comes out. She says, like, oh, like, how can I help you? I'm like, oh, is <laughs> the, the kid's name is Adam. I'm like, oh, is Adam here? She's like, uh, yeah, yeah, do you want to come in? I'm like, nah, you can just send him outside. He comes outside. I'm like, yo, 
give me my fucking dad's money. I'm going to fucking kill you right now. He starts lying, saying they didn't do it or whatever. So I just like haul back and just punch him in the fucking, like he moves his head at the last second, which is, that's what did me in is that like my pinky hit him in like the temple instead of like my front two fingers. So I have this like really bad boxers uh, fracture in my hand that I got from that one. But it was weird. Cause like you're in that like adrenaline fueled moment where you're beating the shit out of somebody. And I like realized in my head, I'm like, why am, why am I hitting him with my left hand? And then I like <laughs> punched him in the face with my right hand. I'm like, Oh right. Okay. Oh, yeah, my yeah. right hand is broken now. I need to deal with this. Yeah. So. I wish, I wish, uh, the first thing or sorry, the last thing that you yelled before you hit him was Adam's here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Adam's home. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we've lived very different lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of times I feel like people tell me like you have the craziest stories of any white person I know, and I'm like that means a lot to me. Like I really appreciate that. Living in New York, the riding's got to be way different than it is in Nashua, in Boston, anywhere. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah, New York is like just a scene unto itself. Like this, it's just a completely different crowd. Like everybody I grew up riding with was white. Everybody who rides BMX in New York is pretty much black or hispanic uh at least at that time and it was it was fucking i mean you got to understand that like i moved out of new england to new york because of like dudes like edwin de la rosa Vinny salmon vicky alla like the whole animal bmx scene like that was like the company animal and they were basically just running the scene and like i had a full-on like fetish for riding like public uh parks like in new york like it just seemed so cool and it just seemed like everybody was out there just having so much fun all the time and union square was like the hub for it like you yeah, could go to union square is. yeah there's still a shitload of bmx to skate yeah. there every night but i would go there and like see all these top pros who were there just riding and just hanging out so it was like the best scene that i could have ever hoped to be a part of at that time and it was just phenomenal for me yeah did you ever consider the idea of professional riding in terms of like all those guys who go the X Games path. No, nah, because I was never like that good at riding and I was never that good. I was never that interested in sort of like the. I was never interested in skate parks. I was never interested in trails. I was only interested in street handrails and ledges. And that was what was cool about New York at the time is that nobody was riding skate parks or trails. Everybody was just riding fucking rails, stairs, whatever. And it was just. But they don't do any of that at, uh, at X Games. I guess they, they can't, do they now. Can't, yeah. They can't really shut down. Well, they'll like ride like the skate park course, but like it's different now because street as a style of BMX is so popular that it has like its own section in the X Games, but that wasn't the case at the time. Mm. So I never really like the whole idea of like going pro or whatever. Never like I didn't grow up around anyone who was pro. It never even occurred to me. And in reality, like in BMX, you pretty much have to be like a huge, massive name to be able to earn enough money to even make a living you know right. it's like it's not really that lucrative it's more of like a, a labor of love you know who had, who had didn't the diplomats have a team dip skate dip skate yeah dip they skate. never did bmx i would have loved it if they did there's like a video if you search dip skate from like 2006 on youtube of these guys and they're just ridiculous <laughs> yeah totally over the top somebody else had a uh, i think a young money has a, a skating team now because of um uh what's wayne it, wayne oh gotcha. yeah. really what brings you f- to LA from New York or did you go home first where how did no I I, uh, I was living in New York for all those years and at a certain point I just kind of realized like there's not a lot like holding me down here like I have friends here but they're not necessarily like I don't have like a huge network of friends that I like you know there wasn't anything holding me back I was like I love the nice weather I'm kind of sick in New York I kind of don't want to live in this fucking rat race anymore I figured I would just give it a try and move to uh, Long Beach I moved out there with like a shitload of my friends at the same time, and we just got this on a whim. I mean, there was like a couple of months of planning, but it was basically like 
I, you know, I just didn't, I wasn't established that much in New York to the point where like me moving to California was basically like, all right, my lease is over. I'm going to pack up like three cardboard boxes and send them to Long Beach, pick them up. And then we all got like a big flop house. And it was basically just like drug fueled insanity for a few years in Long Beach for like me and my whole crew. So it was just not like specifically drug fueled, but like everybody just getting drunk. I, I want a, a few different times. I compared it to like more like living in a public park than living in a home because anybody could just walk in and just do whatever that got old after a couple of years, but you know, <laughs> we were wilding out during that time. But you always had a place to sleep there. Yeah. And I had, to, I got like really big, like strong, like doorknobs that I could lock and that, that made a big difference. <laughs> it sort yeah. of like fucks up the whole commune vibe though. It's like, it yeah, like did, anything yeah. is like yours, it's mine or whatever. And it's just like, and you well, had, I'm, I'm going to live in my own room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cause I would lock myself in there, but I was just be f- losing my mind when like people would walk in and think it was all good because the room, situation was sort of like a loop around the house with all the different rooms so you could kind of like people would just walk through my room thinking it was part of the house if they hadn't lived there for that long so it was it was rough and we also had a cat that would pee on things a lot no i didn't live i had the big room but the cat would pee on things (laughs) no no litter boxes in this no there were but he would just ignore them from time to time yeah how many bathrooms were there two but like one of them didn't work like almost the entire time. So How that's many, why the cat was going to the bathroom. You could like, urinate yeah, in there, yeah. but you couldn't do much else. Yeah. <laughs> was there a shower there? There was a shower that actually had hot water on one side, and then the other side was cold water. And there was such competition for showers at some points that you would just compromise and just go with the cold shower, which is weird because we probably could have just called the landlord and got the hot water turned on, but we never really took the it that far. The landlord also might have been like, oh, there's a million people living here? Yeah, yeah. That was weird. Yeah. I remember I was living in Boston um, at school, and like I lived in like a, a fine house. It was it was a fire trap. But, I mean, what like, school did you go to in Boston? BU. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, go Terriers. Um, <laughs> so um, I was living in this place, and I remember the, the heat had shut off um, uh-huh. this one day. And so we called the landlord, and the landlord comes in. He's like, oh, well, and by the way, like, I'm trying to like, write a paper with like a giant winter <laughs> jacket on. on, like, like hunched over my desk. <laughs> and he was like, well, the reason that the heat isn't working is because you guys need to clean up. And it's like, well, first of all, that's not even true. <laughs> that doesn't, Second yeah. of all, like, our apartment is not messy at all. And then he went into one of my roommate's rooms that had like the um, radiator or whatever. He twisted a few knobs, closed the door. And then my roommate came home a few hours later thinking that this was fixed. And he opens his door, and there's just oil just shooting <laughs> out of the radiator, like all over his shit. Wow! For like six hours. Six hours. Yeah. So it was like a very oily room. That's amazing. <laughs> did you Did you end up graduating from college? No, I went for two years and I dropped out because all the scamming was going so so profitably <laughs> right. for me. Yeah. <laughs> right. You were like, well, you know, I can't major in this. <laughs> yeah. So I, I might as well job. take it into my own hands. So, so. When, yeah. when you moved out to LA and you're you're living in Long Beach, mm-hmm. what's that like lifestyle like? Like what's what's your daily sort of you it, know to do list? It was great because it was like very laid back. Like wake up, hop in the van, go around filming and riding with my friends all day, every day, and that was pretty much it. And then come back at night, drink, smoke, fucking go out with my friends, go to the bars. We had girls coming back every night. That time period of my life was just really just laid back and fun it was pretty sick yeah it, what look, what age is this about uh so i was probably early 20s this is about five years ago so i guess i was like 27 or so okay you know? that's a that's a that's life, a was, good life time. was good during that time period but then i kind of like when i moved to la was when i got like a lot more serious that's when we opened the shop that's when i started really podcasting hard now like my life feels like you know intense like doing things all the time always working on something but back then it was very well yeah so so what's the switch that makes you want to open a a brick and mortar store 
when you were just sort of like laying out and riding around and yeah i don't know i just felt like i wasn't really free. being productive i wasn't actually you know i went through a really bad breakup at one point and it really sort of like it was the first girl that i had really gotten like into at that time in my life and when she broke up with me it actually like affected me like in a way that i had never really been affected by like a girl breaking up with me before because i had kind of like you know moving somewhere for the first time and you sort of start to you know, someone who's from there, they're kind of helping you, like, find out all about L.A. I got very attached to her. And then when she broke up with me, it kind of, like, fucked with my self-confidence to the point where I started really, like, questioning everything. And then all of a sudden, my lifestyle just going riding and hanging out every day didn't really seem good enough. And at that point, I got, like, a lot more serious about, like, what I really wanted to accomplish in my life. I started to be like, well, I want a fucking store. I want, like, a physical manifestation of, like, my brand and BMX and everything like that. I knew that I wanted to do podcasts. I was like a big Joe Rogan fan even at the time. And I was like, I know that I can do this and like represent like underground hip hop or just like internet level hip hop as well as like BMX and all these different people that I was interested in. So I don't know, moving to LA and like just kind of all of a sudden I wasn't around all these people that like just wanted to party. Like Long Beach is very laid back. Like LA is much more like you're kind of expected to be working, you know? Yeah. Did you ever, did you ever surf? Oh, I've never surfed a day in my life. In fact, I li- I've, the whole time I lived in California, I've maybe been to the beach like five times, and I've maybe been in the water like half of one time. <laughs> so I like knowing that it's there, but I just don't. I don't understand people who wake up in the morning and are like, "Oh, I'm gonna go have fun. I'm gonna go like just sort of hang out." Like that doesn't really add up to me. It's like oh, I, w- I want to produce when I w- <laughs> even go on bike riding or whatever. That's like. It still feels like I'm being productive. You know, we're out doing stuff. We're filming you know stuff. That there's writing. zero difference between those two things. <laughs> no, but like we're out there filming. We're making videos for YouTube that this is all part of the business. Like for me, it's like, yeah, it conceivably could be like the most relaxing thing you could do to go lay out in the sun, in the sand. You get to go in the water. You get to go back, lay out more. You get a, a tan. You're probably with some girls. That sounds great. Never in my life have I ever woke up and been like, oh, I just want to chill out. Like, right. no, I want to get something done. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't like the beach, but that's just because I'm Jewish. And Neurotic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I actually, don't do well. my favorite podcast, The Great Debates. They uh, they debated the beach is fun, <laughs> which was I thought was great. Like, yeah. you know, it's really like there's a lot of good arguments to be made either way. Oh, we just had Rocky Fresh on the podcast, by the way. And Did he you? Was saying, wow. Yeah, and MMG. he was saying that uh, that sneezing is way better than coughing, and I was like, I don't even think that's true. <laughs> sneezing is if you if you were to sneezing feels one, good. That's what he said. He said it does like kind of right. Yeah, yeah. You're How relieved. is it any better than coughing? Coughing is like a sign of sickness. I don't know that sneezing has ever really like amounted to like. Yes, it is. It no, does. Well, like, no, you, you probably you're know a lot more. Of, like this, like you know, constant, you know, big sneeze. Right. Like maybe you just like when I smoke too many blunts up. and I'm coughing. Like that's my body telling me you have smoked too much. <laughs> you need to chill out. You know, if I. If I if sneeze, I it's like cocaine, you, and I start sneezing. Then I've never really noticed never like a co- coke. Oh, really? Oh, you yeah. got to try it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've never noticed like a cocaine sneezing connection. Really, I have no idea. I know there's a bloody nose connection to to yeah. cocaine. I'm but. not like a big coke user, but like when I have done it, it doesn't seem really conducive to sneezing. So when you opened up your store, I'm not a doctor, by the way. It's <laughs> good to know. <laughs> so when when you opened up your store, you've only been in this one location, right? Yeah, two years, uh, two and a half years now. And it's located in downtown, downtown Los Angeles. Right on the edge of Skid Row. Like downtown LA, but very close to Skid Row. Like right. super close. Like literally across the street. Well, let's, let's go over yeah. some of the good things first. Big space. Big That's space. That's pretty good, yeah. Um, I, like, I like the way it looks. The storefront's very I cool. Like the name. Appreciate The that. name is awesome. On some shit. At yeah. on some shit on Twitter and Instagram. Thank when you. you. When you walk in and you look up and left, you see a giant poster 
of Gucci, Gucci Mane. Man, free Gucci, which Coach K was very excited about. Okay, so number one, and you, you you told us this in person, but how do you get your name on some shit on that wall? I think you open a store in downtown LA where they're thirsty for business. The cops have much bigger things to worry about. They just don't say anything. You're there for two and a half years. Everybody just gets used to it. <laughs> I don't know. Like we were, we were totally planning from because the sign we have now that like actually lights up. We used to just have like more of like a like a vinyl sign on the on the window, and nobody ever said anything about that, and it said the same thing. So we were kind of emboldened. Like we we have talked about replacing the eye with a exclamation point. If anyone no. ever gives us a hard time, I know I agree. It would be super lame, but we would still be able to have a sign. Mm-hmm. But I mean, no, it hasn't come to that yet. So it's awesome. Um, yeah, America. <laughs> um, also, there's a great uh, picture that you have of Regis Philbin. Yes. My friend uh, Scott Marceau, who uh, is a videographer and photographer that we work with to come up, he was invited along with Tyrone Williams, who's a legendary pro BMX rider from out here, who owns a shop called Da, da Shop, D-A-H Shop, uh, in downtown Manhattan. He appeared on the Regis Philbin show. Regis said to Scott, he said, like, let me see your bike. I want to ride this thing. So he... <laughs> he Takes a couple pedals on it, and Scott managed to get this amazing photo of Tyrone, who's been riding BMX every day for like 20-plus years, as well as Regis, presumably his first time on a BMX <laughs> bike, and he just looked like it was the time of his life. So that photo, we put it on a shirt. That was just legendary. Regis does strike me as more of a, uh, a dip skate guy or, uh, you know, yeah, you know I don't mountain know. bike maybe. I but, don't know where his preference lies. Old uh, fuck, yeah. But So you had Coach K, who is a legendary manager yeah. in this business. That was and crazy. Was, was Gucci's manager, was yeah, he, Jeezy's manager. It was, really, it was a little yachty. Yeah, he was a little yachty interview, and like, I was glad that Coach K sat in on it, not only because that gives us some clout because he's a legend, but yep. also because Lil Yachty is very young and does not form that many full sentences. <laughs> so uh, Coach K was able to like maybe uh, help express the value of Lil Yachty in a way that Lil Yachty was not able to express about himself. I was texting him today, and, I, and he actually said, he's like, man, they be hating on me. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just a regular guy. And yeah. I'm like, you're not a regular guy anymore. you got to get over that stupid train of thought. Yeah. yeah. So so Coach comes in, and he looks up at that poster. And, and, and just was in awe. Yeah, I just couldn't believe it. Cause, and I said to him, I'm like, you know, I, I was saying, you know, you can see Waka Flocka in the background of that freestyle video wearing the, the shoulder strap backpack. And Coach K said, yeah, well, Gucci had some bars in that freestyle for me. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, because we didn't work together at the time. That was when I was just Jeezy's manager. Yeah. I'm like, ah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, Gucci had a whole lot of bars for me over the years. I'm like, that must be so cool to, like, know who Gucci's talking about in all these songs. Like, yeah. what the subliminals are, you know? Amazing. Very, very jealous of that. Wait, who's your audience? My audience for the podcast for all of it. I mean, like, because you've had you've had your blog, you've had your podcast, and I feel like you weirdly have this this um, audience of like mostly like young teens mm. who have found you underground rap fanatic fanatics. Pretty much is like a big one, and like that's what I love about podcasting is that every single time you do it, you get a different chance to spread out and right. get like I had the Max O Cream interview. Like we we hadn't had like a super traditional down south gangster rapper like that in that in such a way i was so hyped to get that one lil yachty you know he's obviously bringing in this whole weird atlanta like fan base and like young kids on the internet i mean i'm i just like i like interviewing all kinds of different people that have their own different uh space on the internet like we've interviewed 
Instagram models, like in the sense of, like that's actually how they make a living. Right. right. Porn stars. But then you also uh, interview people like Lil Puya or like yeah, um, yeah. Like, Puya. He doesn't have a little. I don't but know. But I, he's very little. He's little. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who is the Who is the kid who uh, John th- Ross threatened to sue you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I just talked about it in the hypebeast interview. Uh, <laughs> they didn't threaten to sue me. Just John Ross didn't want his interview to be up anymore. Him and Young Weege. And I basically just said, no, I'm not taking it down unless you sue me or get a lawyer. And then that was that was it. And he's just salty. I actually I seen Ian Connor at a, a South by Southwest event the other day, which that was like the big interview that kind of blew us up right. at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, "No jumper, no jumper." And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, what's up? You mad at me?" And because uh, he had tweeted like a lyric from this one dude song that said something like "fuck no jumper." I'm like, "What's up, Ian? You mad at me?" And he's like, "I ain't mad at you, but my boys is like my little boys said you were op." I'm like, "Oh." Well. <laughs> Yeah, we got we got to work through that, you know. But I I, I don't think Ian gives a shit. See, I mean, he he nice, knows what's going on. Isn't it know? nice to know whose bars are coming at you? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it was cool. I mean, I don't fucking yeah. I, I love the negative attention just as much as the positive. It's, it's um, more real. You do know? you do you sense that the podcast is bringing people to your shop? Oh, totally. Because kids come in all the time or are super bummed because they think that I'm sitting back there all day, every day. Yeah, like we get tons of people coming in who find out about the clothing line, about BMX in general. I get messages on the No Jumper DMs every day being like, what kind of bike should I buy? I just got into BMX because of your podcast, blah, blah, blah. Like, to me, it's like I just want to be an advocate and a representative for BMX. So, I mean, that's just like a huge part of me. I'm more of like a BMX rider than I am a, a hip-hop fan, even though that's a huge part of my life too. So to be able to like expose that and make it look good and show that it's a cool subculture to kids who aren't fully informed, I mean, that's like the best thing I could ever hope for. Is it too late for me to get into BMX? I don't see a lot of people get into it at an older age. It's, it's just not, it doesn't 21. happen that way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I very few people I've seen in my life who get into BMX at an older age. That's probably part of what holds it back. Like you probably could become like an all right snowboarder at this point in your life. Probably much less likely for you to become like a BMX guy. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I also had a terrible experience skiing, so I don't think that's going to okay, work well, for snowboarding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see older people get into snowboarding and stuff, but they just don't seem like they get into BMX or even skateboarding at like an older age. It's, no. it's too painful. It's too. It's such a young man's sport, you know? Yeah. Who are some of the uh, people who hang out outside your shop? Oh, wow. Oh, well. um, <laughs> Jeez, I'd like to give a shout-out to my man, uh, Godbody, who kind of – I was actually thinking last time I saw Tax Stone on on an interview or something, I thought to myself, if Tax Stone got on crack and lost like 40 pounds, he would really kind of look like this one bum that hangs out by my shop named Godbody. 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 There's a guy that we call Recycle Man who's just – Really into recycling. He's always seeing if you like seventy six Poland Spring bottles in the back of his Buick. Yeah, he has Poland. He got them Poland Springs bottles. Yeah, and actually, kind of sad because like he sleeps in this alley near our store, and one of my business partners saw him like laying on the ground, kind of like kibbying out with a fucking heroin needle hanging out of his arm. So like, I mean, and anybody that you think is kind of funny around like Skid Row downtown LA, like funny homeless guy. Very rarely does it seem funny for long, because then at some point you get to see them like... Yeah, no, it's all horrible. Yeah, yeah, do you, yeah. Do, is, is downtown LA a lot different when the sun's out than it is when the oh, yeah. sun's down? Yeah, it's pretty like safe, and like you see a lot of crazy shit during the day, but then at night, like uh, recently I was going to hang out with this girl, and she gave me her address, and it was like East 5th Street, but for whatever reason, my Google uh, thing thought it was West 5th Street, and... I was basically just like, I ain't walking there. Like, even me, like, I can't walk in that fucking direction this time of night. Like, there's there's no way. I was I was actually started doing the walk, and then luckily she texted me back. She's like, no, you dumbass, it's this one. I'm like, oh, thank <laughs> fucking God. I'm like, I did not want to walk through there, man. But, yeah. 
Yeah, it's and I've actually had. Well, you know what sucks is when there's fog, because all the piss and shit just rises uh, up into vapor, and you just you, you don't even want to leave your your the store, or your car, or whatever, because it's just in your face. It's the worst thing I could ever. But imagine. isn't there a whole initiative to like make to clean up downtown LA? But what do you do with thirty thousand fucking homeless people? You know, thirty thousand, something like that. Holy it's a shit. huge number, and like there's there's kids in there. There's and for every like scumbag that's like out there like harassing women and like running around right. acting super crazy bothering you there are like families that live in tents there and don't bother anybody and but yeah. they have nowhere else that they can go so it's, it's weird being in downtown LA because you're constantly dealing with like the everyday annoyance of just crazy ass people but then also thinking like there is nothing that our government could possibly do to deal with this problem like right what the fuck could they do like you know what do you what do you do i don't know do you know any of your neighboring stores yeah, right across from us, there's a tattoo shop that used to be called Crimson Unicorn, and it has a new name. It's like it's something different, but there's a guy named Cole who runs that, and that's pretty cool. Right next to us is uh, King Eddie's, which is a bar that is it's very historic because it was around during the Prohibition era. Wow. And if you go into the basement, they'll actually show like well, they won't show the average person, I don't think, but they showed us one time like that they have like all the paintings of like the the dudes running barrels of alcohol from Whoa. from there to the police station huh. is painting down there because there was so much corruption during prohibition i guess but uh king eddie's is dope and also if you ever use the bathroom at the oss store you will be able to hear the conversation that is taking place in the women's bathroom at any given time i've i've heard after hours i've heard the employees having sex i've heard girls having like weird coked out conversations like just just attacking each other about things that like don't make any sense so you know, I'll go to t- I'll go to take a shit at like one o'clock in the morning when I'm like working at the store, and I'll sit there for a couple of minutes and hear the craziest conversations. I've That's ever heard. wild. That's pretty cool. What yeah. was That's what you should charge for? I it. want a peephole. In yeah, there. yeah. Well. What was- like Saved by the Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I will also like to say that there's a burger restaurant right right like a half a block away from us that just kind of opened, and they have a, a burger called the Danish. That is the best burger I might have ever had in my life. Nobody else seems to know about it. I fully plan on vlogging about it in the near future. Yes. But fantastic sandwich. Also, EDM-based clothing line called Massive that opened across the street from us. And we, out- we outlived them. Nice. So I'm very proud to say that we, we outlived the EDM. The hip-hop, <laughs> at least for the time being, seems to have trumped EDM. Yes. We did it. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we go, can you tell us your best story from going to Europe? From going to Europe, oh man! I got stories that make me seem like a pussy. I got stories that make me seem like the biggest asshole ever. I got stories that make me sound like, oh god! I got to just figure out which one to hone in on. Jeez. Uh, um, well, you've been to Europe a bunch. Yeah, I'll just tell you an embarrassing one. Is that last time I was in uh, Brighton, England? Is so I'm with uh, my friend Caleb Quanbeck and this dude Joe Tech who works for this uh, bike company called uh, 70s, aka Federal, out of there. And they had basically rented this big house in Brighton, and they just had all the different riders that ride for this team come through. And uh, me and Joe Tech and Caleb, we all uh, take certain drugs and go to the bar with these three girls it was just a little bit just a little bit of molly you know i don't yeah. feel too bad about saying that we we're on a little bit of molly that's not too bad right right so uh we go but this, it's important that you know that for the story <laughs> so we go to one bar we hang out we have one drink and then we go um to the next bar but along the walk we just stop on a corner and we're all kind of talking about what bar we're going to go to next it's a little kid like 16 17 year old kid with his eyes all fucked up he looks like he's on heroin he comes up to one of the girls in our little crew and he says like, hey, you little fucking whore or something like that. Something super rude. And Caleb is a big tough guy. Well, 
but kind of understandable in this situation. Caleb goes, why don't you sit your ass down or I'm going to sit you down, bro. Like, and the fucking kid goes, oh, yeah, you're going to sit me down. Boom. There's like 20 fucking kids all that were sitting against the wall that are with him. Uh. So all of a sudden, it's me, Caleb, and Joe Tech, and we're fighting like 20 <laughs> kids. The girls are getting hit by these dudes. Like, And there's like girls in their squad. They're chasing after us. We're like running down the street, sort of like fighting them as we run. We're kind of trying to get to like an area where there's like security or whatever because this is like it's like have you heard the hypothetical of like how many kindergartners could i fight at the same <laughs> right. it was like that yeah like and so we're just going to war like fighting these dudes caleb loses his shoe i'm punching little kids in the face we ended up kind of like the fight got closer to this bar and like one of the fucking uh security guards was just like i'm calling the cops all the kids split up everywhere we didn't really get to do shit about it but oh my god we, I, I wouldn't say we like lost the fight but <laughs> I fought more right, people the, the than I've ever. I've never been that overwhelmed, but it was weird because it's like every single kid in the group, I could have fucking flicked my finger and probably <laughs> killed them, but there's 20 of them, so the whole dynamic was changed. Yo, I'm never going back to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Just because of that, the whole continent is done. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Adam, thanks so much for coming through. Thank you, Jeff and Eric. I appreciate it. Uh, it's the Real Amazing Podcast. Check out my podcast, No Jumper, on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes, and it's also uh, on some shit on Twitter, as well as our store in downtown LA. I would appreciate anybody who wants to stop by. Hit God us up. body, whatever, yeah. God body, fucking scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> Come see the uh, bathroom. That's yeah, right. yeah. Come see the bathroom, listen in, have a con- the girls next door having a conversation, and you can listen in. Right now. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of A Waste of Time with The Real. Please go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, comment, leave something nice for us. A lot of people have been leaving some nice comments. Leave some more, it doesn't hurt. It never hurts. Just stuff the ballot box. That's right. Please go tell a friend about a waste of time with it's the real Jeff. Which friend do you want to tell? I want to tell my Facebook friend, my Snapchat friend, Marcus Strankowski, who every week while he's driving from his job in Akron, Ohio, he lets me know that he's listening to a waste of time with it's the real. He shows a, a video of the actual radio playing it. That's that's a real fan and uh, a and, real real fan. Yeah, and I I watch it and I recognize my voice and I'm like, oh, that's that's our podcast. This Thank is going to seem very weird for him listening to Marcus Strankowski come out of the radio. I just want him I'm filming him. I want. Oh, you're going to film this? I'm going to Akron. Oh my god, this is very like Inception right yeah. now. I want to tell our friend Lenny S. Lenny, go tell your friend TJ Khaled because then Khaled can tell his six million teenage followers to follow. It's the real. So you can find us at It's the Real, not. At the real real. Yeah, fuck the real real. Actually, here's what we can do. We can ask Khaled for $20.90. And then we can help that person out. And then we're good people, right? Yeah. Also, I want Khaled to say fuck the real real. Fuck the real real. On his snap. Yeah. And then the evidence will just disappear after 24 hours. No, but it lives on forever. Ah. You want to do this again next week? I do. I need to tell somebody that doesn't listen to our podcast to listen to our podcast next week. No, but everyone should tell friends. Tell friends who tell friends who tell friends. We could be friends. Yeah. Let's do this next week. All right. All right. <laughs>